0: Uh, every, every,
1: every time Zach finds a square-headed bolt, his beard grows an inch. That's true. Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Restoration Podcast. Boys, how we doing? Howdy-do. We have a very special guest with us today. We're kicking off our first of a series of interviews with, uh, with some epic restoration restorationizers. And today we have uh, known only as the Tradesman's Corner on Instagram. You have to check him out immediately. Uh, this is Zach. Zach is a, uh, a collector, a, a restorer, a seller. He finds amazing things. He, he restores them. He collects. He makes money. He does his thing. He's living the dream, and uh, we brought him onto the podcast today to pick his brain about what he's into and and to get hopefully glean some knowledge. Uh, Zach, how you doing, bud?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome. Glad to have you.
0: Now we uh, we use the the title uh, restorer, but you said you actually re, uh, prefer rehabilitator.
3: Yeah, yeah. The word restoration, uh, you know, people use it in different uh, different lights. Uh, some people will take something uh, and restore it back to original or, or close to original uh, condition. Uh, my main goal is to get it clean and
1: in working order. Um, I don't ah, know if that's a restoration.
3: Is it a restoration? I have no idea. Hey, um,
1: I mean, I think that's like the there just like you said, there's so many different definitions for restoration that it basically comes down to, you know, what you think a restoration is. And, uh, you know, some people think it is, some people think it isn't, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're getting it up and running. So I guess you're,
0: you know, restored to, to an extent, I would say.
3: If, I would say. That's fair.
0: If rehabilitator means I'm not filling in all the dents and, uh, casting pockets then that count me in i'm in
3: i would never do that that's uh that's that's part of blasphemy
0: that's that's
2: (laughs) 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 that gucci youtube level restoration that's kind of slightly obnoxious
1: oh i hate that when i see when i see the restorations on the the quote-unquote restorations on youtube and they have the guy who Spends all this time making the part look beautiful, and then he busts out the twelve-pound can of bondo and just starts covering everything up. I just Saddle. cringe. I cringe.
0: A <laughs> hundred, a hundred years of history buried between some filler.
1: Now, well,
2: it, it has its place. There are certain, t- I mean, there are definitely applications where that's the move. Where you know, it was bondoed or it was filled, but a lot of times it's just over the top. Make it run. That's all you need to do. Make it look decent if you want, but if it runs, that's what it's all about, right?
1: Yep. So, Zach is in the south-central Pennsylvania area. Same with me. And, you know, we're in the Lancaster area, which had a lot of manufacturing history. Now, the the unique thing about Zach is that he's not only—I mean, he loves anything and everything iron, but he has a specific niche that he is really, really into— and I'll let I'll let him introduce that to you, Zach. What what is your main squeeze? What do you love to find?
3: Uh, well, when I started uh, when I started in with the tools, I was you know I was buying everything I could find. If I didn't know what it was, I didn't care. I just bought it anyway, and then figured it out afterwards. Um, and the whole time I was doing this, I was thinking to myself, you know, I really want to collect something, but I didn't know what and i knew obviously like evan there's vice guys out there there's axe guys out there there's people that collect all kinds of stuff and then it kind of dawned on me uh one day i found a forge um made by champion blower and forge and i did some research on the company and lo and behold they were made in lancaster uh, where i live so it kind of hit me well you know, I should be collecting this stuff because it was made less than ten minutes from my house. Yeah. Uh, so I be- I bought the forge. Obviously, it was only forty dollars, so I bought it. There that. you go. And that that's what kind of kicked off the the collecting aspect of what I do. And uh, ever since then, I've just you know, anything champion blower and forge if it's at a good price, I will I will buy it. Um, I'm not the type of collector that's going to pay a thousand dollars for something that's only worth a hundred bucks. Um,
1: True. That's but, probably a good, good thought. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I also have some space restrictions that I need to take care of, but, uh, you know, Champion Blower Forge, that's, that's my thing. That's my, uh, the items that I keep.
0: How, how many do you have?
3: Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> well, quick, the quick I mean, count. it's not just, <laughs> yeah. It's not just machines. Uh, I collect anything, champion. So I, I have original catalogs. Uh, I think the oldest catalog I have is 1899, maybe. Nice. You know, o- occasionally those catalogs will pop up on eBay, and I'll bid on them and try and get them. I have a couple pin backs, uh, some like postcard mailers that they would send out. Um, but as far as equipment goes, I can't I, offhand. I can't even think. Uh, maybe fifteen pieces, individual. Maybe more than that. I'm not. Yeah, sure. it's probably
1: more than. I mean, you got the you got the big drill. You've got two power hacksaws. You've got what two or three uh, uh, grinders. You have.
0: Yeah, what do you have? Dry- you have
1: almost all the vices that they made. See, I did all get th- Zach into. I did get Zach into vices. <laughs> 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 we we were. I always every time I see a champion vice. I always send it to him, and we've we've got his collection up to all of them except what the six inch or is that the only one you I, need?
3: I have the three, three and a half, and four inch. I need the five and the six inch.
1: Okay, so we got the two complete, more to
3: okay. get. I I complete like
2: how yes, you, yes, need because it is a need. I get it. It
1: is a need. <laughs> oh, absolutely,
3: oh, it is a need. that is definitely a need because there's an end. There's an end point, you know. I know that yeah. there's there's five of them that were made, so I need all five.
2: All right,
0: no, I, not I will not be happy, no, not be happy until he has all of them. Now, Zach, are, are you one in your collection that that you put these guys to work or are these set aside to be a collection uh, in its purest form?
3: Nope, they will be workers. Nice. Yep. Like as soon that. as they're done, they're put to work. That's awesome. So, Zach, what's, what's your story, man? How did you get into this stuff? Uh, it's actually kind of, it starts a while back. Um, I guess I can give you a short rundown of the long version. But when I was a kid, my grandparents owned an antique store. So I was always going to auctions with my grandfather. Um, and actually the one auction house in my hometown, I still go to auctions uh, at that awesome. place. They're still in business. Um, and down there, I just remember my grandfather buying stuff, and for whatever, uh, he was always buying Dietz lanterns. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks out in my head. I was probably like five, but uh, he was always buying those. I just remember that. Uh, so that kind of got me into the old stuff, antiques in general. Um, and then it kind of went away for a while, you know, through my teenage years, and and then after school and everything, I kind of started getting back into it, and I started going to auctions. Uh, I was the guy who would buy anything for so sure. I'd <laughs> a dollar, so I I'd come home with a truckload of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was there was one auction in particular locally that I went to, and it was nothing but tools, and it was it was awesome. This stuff was going super cheap, and I bought uh, so much, so many tools. I didn't know what anything was, and I came home. I started doing my research, and I just I. I did really well on that auction, and since then I never really turned back. And you know, like when I, I said I, I started, I kind of didn't really know a whole lot about the stuff. But as you go on, and uh, find stuff, buy stuff, research stuff, you start to learn and really kind of fill your head. And and that's kind of where I'm at now. And and the learning process never ends. That's for damn sure.
1: Absolutely. 100%. I, it's like a it's like a common that's a, you know, pretty common story that you're talking about, you know, where, you know, you have this, it sticks out in your head that you went to this one auction and that's like the, the starting point that started the rock rolling down the hill. Um, like myself, you know, I remember getting my first vice and I just needed a vice for my workbench that I built. And when I looked up this vice manufacturer, I said, wow, there's thousands of different vices out there. I have to have them all. And so, that, you know, that, and, you know, D- Dave's got power wagons. James has got universal woodworkers. Now, I have to admit that Dave and I kind of peer pressured him into getting his second one. Yes. But, you know, he, he went willingly. He wasn't putting up a big fight about
0: that. Gentlemen, I, I will tell you last night I had a dream that my mother was pressuring me into buying a third one. So that's how that's amazing. Is. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your dear old mother giving me the pressure to buy more iron. I'm just, she I that's a great point. Right like
0: she pretty much gave me the same lines you guys did, which was, You're never going to see this again. You are the guy. I mean, there's nobody on the internet dumb as you to, to, to collect these things. So you got to <laughs> do it. Ah. James,
2: just go buy another one.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <Exactly.
2: laughs>
1: that's awesome. Build another so, garage, whatever. Yeah. So, Zach, we got, you know, we've you know found out where you were like, where, how you got started in this, you know, what, what you're into champion blower and forge, which is completely awesome. Well, it's kind of a two pronged question here. What what are you working on currently? What's your current restoration going right now? And we're, we're going to get into it a little later after you tell us about what you're doing. Like, we're going to talk to you about how you go about restoring something or, or getting it to working condition, as you say, and what your process is and what you go through. So let's just start out with, you know, what's, what's your current restoration right now? What are you doing?
3: Right now, I am working on a Champion uh, Power Hacksaw. It is the, the number two Power Hacksaw uh, driven by an electric motor. Um, it was uh, designed to be uh, driven by the electric motor. They made two Uh, of this size and uh the one was the electric motor version the other was uh for line shaft and flat belt pulley um i do you have you have have both of them yes i do have both of them (laughs) yes
2: just if i could ask you a quick question and i I don't mean to interrupt i i always see line shaft stuff on your on your instagram do you have a line
3: shaft set up not right now no and and i will I will. Uh, whenever I when I build a new shop, I will have a line shaft in it because the majority of the champion tools that I have would have originally been driven off of a line shaft. So um, <laughs> I will have a line shaft in my new shop. Okay. It's off a
0: hit and miss engine.
3: You know, I haven't decided yet what the main power source would be, but I'm I'm thinking. Uh, and Evan, you can you you know what I'm talking about here at the Rough and Tumble and their uh, machine oh, shop. Oh, yes, yes. They have that oh. big they had that big that. electric motor that, that runs their whole machine shop. That's it, probably what I would end up going with.
1: It's it's gotta be a, a twenty five or thirty horsepower motor. it, it is. I a think
3: beast. it's actually I think it's twenty.
1: Twenty? Okay. Oh it's God. still it's a tank though. Oh yeah.
0: Electric? Yeah. Yep. Single, single phase or three phase?
1: uh at rough and tumble it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was three phase but it's big enough to be one of those monster single phase ones i'm Jesus. not really sure though the it, wind-
3: is, it is it is single phase when i talked to the guy last year i was kind of blown away when he said it was single phase
0: the winding gotta be as big as as uh as dave's power wagon cab yeah
1: t- 20 <laughs> horsepower single phase it's gonna be like that's going to be a hundred, a hundred amps, you know, a hundred and fifty. My, my,
3: uh, my entire goal, uh, with this, uh, collection, this champion collection is to kind of have an unofficial living museum of champion blower and forge tools.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, Zach, Zach and I, you know, we're, we're friends off of Instagram, you know, we, we got into it, you know, I I met him on Instagram and started talking to him about this and that, and, you know, found out that we were really close, um, you know, distance wise in between us and, And, you know, we both like champion blower and we just ended up talking about everything, you know, tool related. And, you know, my vices, his champion stuff, I've I've gone on a couple picks with him. I went to to pick up his his awesome uh, champion camelback drill press that he has. That thing is beautiful. And, you know, we we just hit it off and it it was it was great. And we we joke that it's it's (laughs) not going to it's not going to stop until he has one of everything in the catalog.
0: So, the so problem is, is, so Evan Zach Zach is your uh, garage boyfriend then
1: pretty yeah pretty yeah. much
0: I, I guess so all right I get to tease back way to
3: go the problem is every time I buy a new catalog from Champion, I find new stuff that they made that I didn't know they make so yeah. it's
2: it's ever, adds, ever it's expanding ever throw, so it's constant, stay on
1: top it's a
2: disease. It, it really is a mental illness, but it's good. It's a good one. It's
0: a good one to have. If you're gonna have one, you may as well, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a challenge, right? If you can continue going after the challenge to complete, then uh, the mission can keep going, and you've got purpose.
1: Absolutely. You know, well, sorry, sorry about that, Zach. You know, welcome to the Restoration Podcast, where we we fly down the rabbit hole every t- every chance we get. So <laughs> you, you said that. you said that we were restoring. Uh, you were restoring the, uh, number two power hacksaw from champion blower and forge. And it's, you know, you can see, uh, his progress. Make sure you go follow Zach on his Instagram. It's the tradesman's corner on Instagram. He's, he's a great guy. He's got great content and you can follow along with his restoration of this power hacksaw. So Zach, what is, what is your process when you, so you had the, the raw tool, you know, sitting in your garage how do you start? What What is your thought process and how do you get going on a on a, you know, rejuvenation or getting the tool back up and running again?
3: Uh, well, it, it kind of varies depending on the size of the tool. If it's something small, if it's like a, a you know, a vice or something, like that, I'll just completely disassemble the whole thing, clean it, uh, grease, whatever I have to grease, uh, you know, get it, do whatever I have to do to get it back into a working condition. Uh, and then slap it back together and I'm, I'm done, uh, with something a little more complex, a little bigger, such as the power hacksaw, I've, I decided to kind of go at it in stages, um, kind of pick, pick pieces, uh, or sections of the machine itself and, uh, disassemble that portion and, and completely clean that portion by itself until, until it's complete. And then, uh, put that to the side and then go to the next section, um, the other reason I do that is, is, is just uh, strictly time. Um, you know, I'm a dad. I got a three year old, um, and time is uh, you know, <laughs> it's yes. hard to come by. Preach. Sometimes I'm up, you know, Wake I'm up. up at I'm up late at night, you know, trying to get this stuff done. Just uh, just my own time. Uh, I don't I don't
1: like to mix,
3: or or I should say, intervene with my family time uh, with my tool time.
1: Hey, that's, that's great. You know, a a good philosophy to follow, but you know, it's great that you still have time to to work on this stuff and you know, you're, you're keeping it, you're keeping it alive. You know, this stuff that people would rather send to the scrapyard, You're like, nope, I'll take it. I'm, I'm putting it, I'm putting it back to use. I'm getting, I'll clean it up. And I know there's lots of people out there who want it. So I'll, I'll put it on eBay and I know that they'll,
0: they'll have uh, a good time with it as well, you know? I'm, I'm glad your process sounds like the normal restoration process because Dave will light a single candle in his garage and start playing some KG and uh, <laughs> crack open that butane that <laughs> torch. Well, you got
2: it all wrong, man. The first step is not the candle. It's, it's you take all your clothes off, you cover yourself in engine grease, and then you go to work. What's
0: wrong? You, you
2: don't listen, man. You don't listen.
0: That's right. All of those stories you're following on Instagram of Dave, you have to assume he's not wearing anything besides the glove that you see. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is terrifying. Um, no, That's too funny, but it does. That sounds pretty much like I think most of our processes. I, it's nice to hear. It's, I feel like sometimes. This is such a weird niche that i you don't really get a lot of friends, you know, in the general vicinity. You got—you two are lucky that you have each other, but, you know, they can you can kind of bounce ideas off of in here. And as we've found each other and talked, it's like we all have very similar methodologies for how we go about our business. And it's cool to hear other guys kind of go about it the same way. And um, it's nice. The affirmation is nice. <laughs> We're not all just, you know. Figured it out ourselves and we all kind of came to the same conclusion that there's certain ways of doing things and certain things work better than others you know
0: now now being a a rehabilitator what is your opinion um or maybe this this has some variety what is your opinion when you find uh something that you're passionate about about repainting it
3: oh god i knew you were gonna bring that (laughs) All right, so I uh, one, I did one Champion restoration, and it was a, uh, a bench top Camelback drill press. So it looks just like my big 20 inch drill press, but it, it's a bench top version. And I stripped that down to bare metal and painted it, and I wish that I never would have done that. Um, Because I I, I stripped away all the history and that kind of uh, now, frankly, it just kind of pisses me off. And uh, so probably someday I will probably strip off the paint that I put on it and just leave it bare metal.
0: And What what is your process of preserving the bare metal so that it doesn't turn into an orange rusty pile every time it gets humid?
3: Great question. I have not figured that out yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anybody must have. Um, there, there was actually, well, there's, uh, I, before the power hacksaw, actually two things before the power hacksaw, I have a, uh, it's a champion, uh, Eureka number one tire bender. And, uh, what oh
0: that, God. the gears on that
3: are so oh, right? are they gorgeous? Oh, I
0: love that thing.
3: So what I, what I did with that, because it has so much original paint. The main body portion, I didn't, I really didn't have to do much to other than clean it because there's so much original paint on it, but some of the stuff I did wire wheel down to bare metal and what I did with it, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but I just, uh, put a little blob of grease on my workbench, and I, uh, I just rubbed grease all over the whole damn thing. Just hey, a, very, hey, just a very thin layer. It works. Grease is great. It
2: uh, so, you don't mind a little bit of stickiness? or, you know, getting some part- particulates stuck onto that thing. I, I think it's genius.
0: I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah. Hey, listen, It's dirty. it gets dirty. It's a shop. It's if if to you're
0: gonna, if you're gonna give it a maintenance plan where you can do that with uh some frequency and look after it, then yeah, that's that's as simple as it gets, and that's a beautiful thing.
3: And the the, I mean, it turned out amazing. The the color on it is just everything's perfect. That's probably my favorite, my favorite piece uh, so far.
0: It is. It is beautiful. Do you do any woodworking where you would get wood dust and debris all over all your your greased uh, sexy equipment?
3: Any woodworking I do, I do it outside the shop.
0: Okay, smart man.
2: Smart man. Yeah. Zach, what's yeah. um? If you had to pick one thing, what's the most indispensable tool in your shop? Bench grinder
3: with wire wheel. Absolutely.
0: What's the uh, what's the umph and power behind your your bench grinder?
3: Uh, what is it? It's a one horse.
0: Okay. Harbor Freight to uh, make Evan happy? No, stuff it.
3: <laughs> I've never even been inside of a Harbor Freight.
1: Hey! Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I. I
0: You're not us. <laughs> Yep. You guys are neighbors and you haven't been in that that, that Evan satisfaction factory. <laughs> I I hate it. I love to hate it. But I've been there. It is
2: one of those places you love to hate.
0: Yeah, I will <laughs> never go <laughs> there. We're,
3: we're no gonna grief. end
0: up getting sponsored and then and Evan's gonna get to do the plug. <laughs> hey, hey, all right. If they're paying me, I'll I'll say whatever they want me to say. You
3: know?
1: Threes of dollars.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe Harbor Freight has a place if you want to go buy some zip ties or rubber yeah, bolts, that's a, that's what I'm saying something yeah like that
1: that's but what I'm saying I don't I don't buy their their just tools
2: cheap tools you can get your hands on
3: I would never buy an actual tool from Harbor
1: Freight never it seems like uh, I mean we we all have a similar process when we do things but it seems like you and uh, you and Dave would get along in your in your restoration methods. You know, if you if you don't know already, Dave's working on a, a a power wagon and he has he has this thing completely apart. Now, you you say that you take a part of, you know, your your power hacksaw and you go through it and clean it all up and get it ready to go for when it's getting put back together. Um, you know, Dave's doing that same thing where he has his car apart and he's working on, you know, he he was working on the, the heater motor um, and heater box. The other day and he got that taken care of and um figured out what what do you do for part management like you know the the power hacksaw is is relatively simple when you think about it but but that some of those assemblies in there have multiple parts what do, what do you do to make sure your parts don't walk away and disappear
3: uh well the biggest thing is first off take pictures before you take it apart um that's, I mean, that's invaluable. You, you can't, you can't replace that and uh, make sure you're, that you don't lose the pictures on your phone. Um, or smash your phone
0: into your project. Oh,
3: yes. Yeah. <laughs> James did that. Jeez. Gotta watch out
2: for those snowblowers. They'll get you every time.
3: The second part to that would be to make sure you have a place in your shop or wherever you're at, you know, whatever you're, wherever you're working. Um, make sure you have a place where you can lay out, or at least segment the the pieces that you're working on and put them all together. So, like right now, I have I have parts over here, I have parts over there, and each section that I tore apart has its own place in my workshop so they don't get kind of mixed up.
1: Good, good. Now, now, Dave, let's just kind of segue into my second half of the question. Dave, I am curious though, with you basically having the the truck trucks, the two trucks apart completely, what, what are you what are you doing for your part organization? Are you bagging and tagging or what is it?
2: I'm I'm bagging and tagging. Um so I have I bought a couple boxes of uh of like court size Ziploc baggies. And I'll try and clean the parts before I put them into the baggies, but they'll go into the bag and then I'll put a piece of, uh, I'll tear off a piece of legal pad and I'll write down what they came off of. And I try and, I kind of try and triangulate where the parts or where those, uh, I try and give really precise locations for where the, the fastener came off of so I don't wind up, you know, miss mismatching stuff. I mean, not right. to the extent of like an engine rebuild where you want it to be, be on the exact same Bolt hole and things like that but you know i'll say you know that it's the fly between the flywheel and the clutch you know whatever fasteners i try and keep everything together in that way um, and i also when i've got multiples i'll like where i'm taking off parts from one truck and and from the and from the other and putting them on the same parts rack i have like a little like a shelf system that i built for this um i'll i'll specify new truck versus old truck or if, it's, or if they're completely the same, I'll just put them all in the same bag. Good.
1: Yeah, cool. It's, it's great, great organization there. I like it.
3: Yeah. You know, another thing that I'll do, if I take a bolt out of a piece, I'll clean everything up. I'll put that bolt back in, even though it's not fully assembled. So I yeah. know that's the hole, that's the bolt that, you know, that's the, the hole that the bolt goes into. Because um, a lot of times... With this old stuff, you know, you might have two of the same bolt and two of the same hole, but one bolt won't work in the other hole for whatever right. reason. Threads might be messed up or something like that. And if you're not going through and fully cleaning up your threads, um, it's important to uh, to kind of put the same bolt in the same hole that it was originally in.
0: I, uh, as the master of rabbit holes for this conversation, <laughs> if you guys, how, how many? How many tools do you guys end up with where a fastener was missing when you found it and a perfectly acceptable yet recent fastener was included, but obviously breaks the the originality of it? How, How far do you go to go find a new simple bolt nut to make it look right? Or does it mean more that when the tool came to you, it had you know, a round head flat screw combined with a bunch of, you know, square bolt nuts.
1: I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll start off real quick about that. Now, like, I never used to understand this, but now I understand why those 80 year old guys with their shops have an endless supply of coffee cans filled with nuts and bolts and washers, because I I, I get it now. If you need that, I guarantee that they have it somewhere. They have no idea where it is, but they know they have it, and they know it's in there somewhere. So that's why you get that infinite nut and bolt collection. Um, because, you know, even though it works, it works probably fine. It holds it together like it should. It just doesn't look right. So you go looking through your millions of nuts and bolts to find the one that will make it complete. And I, I see, the, uh, I see the, the wiseness in that now.
3: I am that guy. Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta every, every time I go out uh, picking, and I have one particular spot that is like my honey hole. Evan knows about it because I took him there. It's fantastic. Uh, every time I go there, I'd buy... No, Dave, you're not coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only an hour away. Come on.
0: No, no. I, no if, I,
1: honestly, if we get in there, Dave would have a... It would be all over Instagram. The the YouTube video would be out and the place nope, would be I
3: shut me, down. <laughs> Dave, if you wanna come up, you are welcome anytime.
2: That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, sir.
3: But every time I go there, I I buy um, square head bolts and nuts all the time. Every time I go there. And I come I bring them back because I know I will need them. I'll get different lengths, different diameters, different thread counts, whatever. I know I'm gonna need it eventually. Because when I'm, I'm taking this stuff apart and I, if I see a hex head bolt on a, a machine that's from the turn of the century, I'm not putting a hex head bolt on that machine. Yeah, you it can. will get a square head bolt because that's what should be on it. Good deal. That's great, man. I love that. It's, it's not
2: enough to just make it work right. It has to look right. And you don't want it to look chintzy. And, and you know, there's one thing when you're, in, you know, you're the guy in the 40s who's got an old machine and you got to make it run because it's just, you know. Sure. They still made quality, but back then it was it wasn't you know having a new machine was a luxury that that you had a quality machine and a new machine. You know we can't have that today. So yeah, you got to make it look right too. I, I'm with that 100%. See Keep now quiet. here, he, oh.
0: here's
1: where I I think that you're you're kind of slipping to the side of being more of a you know restoration kind of guy because the 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 you know, restore and, and getting it just running would put that regular, that same bolt right back in because it works. But the fact that you want to get the actual square head bolt that it came from the factory with, I think that, you know, you got some, uh, you have some uh, restoration tendencies to you, which, you know, I think that's great. He's restoration curious. curious.
3: That's what that's called.
2: <laughs> I will.
1: I will. I will agree with
3: you. I will agree with you there. Um, but for me, it's aesthetics. Uh, it, it's got to look the part. It, it. I like. I love the look of an old machine. And if an old machine Same. has a brand new bolt on it, I don't care if you strip off the zinc or whatever, and it looks black. It still doesn't look original to the yep. machine. 100%. All right, if, if 99% of that machine's original and there's one bolt, I will search to the ends of the earth to find that bolt to make that thing look right. <laughs> James is
2: pointing at himself. So, James
3: is the guy putting wood screws in the machine to hold it together.
0: It's, con- it's confession time um, because yeah. I have so little time to work on the universal woodworkers. I really want to get the Sydney working. And in so doing, putting the table saw back together, the uh, clutch lever was the most trashed, bent out uh, out-of-shape all-thread. And to make it work, there is a stainless steel bolt to have it assembled. Now, it is not permanent. I will take the effort eventually to get this thing looking museum-ready. However... The first priority is to get it into working order and to be using it. And once I'm using it, then I can go tool by tool and, and upgrade from the working class to the exhibit class. So at this point, I am solving my my problems with some 21st century fasteners. So I will ask for forgiveness from you Pennsylvania purists. <laughs> <laughs> but... It I is a
3: pet's
2: face takeover tonight, I must say. I love the it.
0: Tools, the tool's got not going anywhere. Obviously, it was on Facebook for a millennia for anybody dumb enough as myself to go drive and get it. So nobody's taking this from me. So it will be there. It's just to get it operating is the first priority for me. And if that requires a little bit of fastener management, then I'm okay bending the rules to get the blade spinning before I... Make the thing absolutely, you know, beautiful.
1: Hey, that's okay.
0: It is what it is. Hey, if you know
3: what you need, let me know. I'll see what I can find because <laughs> yeah, he has. This guy that sure I go has. to has a, a, a seamless, seemingly endless supply of antique nuts and bolts and hardware see, and all. But things. now
1: the the thing is, is that like Zach said, I've been to this place before, and the gentleman that owns this this compound, we'll call it he 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 will no matter what it is from a bolt to a pulley to a caster to a uh, a fan shroud to a a light whatever he has if you ask him about it he will know exactly where it is he will take you right to it and be like i know it's here he will like he's the guy that has piles of stuff and he will dig through the pile and like here damn it i told you it's right here there it was
3: <laughs> i put it there in 1978
0: yeah. <laughs> amazing. I can't figure out where I put my tape measure five minutes after I set it down.
3: Ten seconds ago from
2: when you put it down. Mm. So That's
0: so what incredible. you're saying, so that the word of wisdom from this this special podcast is don't be buying the guy's tools at the estate sale. You go and buy all his coffee cans. Yeah, his yes. nuts and bolts. Yep.
3: And you'll get them for pennies. Guaranteed. <laughs> you'll find a you'll find a board. With a bunch of uh, jelly jar lids nailed to it. And you just screw your jelly jar right up to the board. And it's hanging from the rafters in the guy's basement. Yep. That's what you want. Beautiful. Zach, what's your your most epic find out picking? Oh, jeez. On the spot. That's a tough one. Sorry. (laughs) I was not prepared. This was not in the notes. (laughs) Forgive me. Well, the two champion uh, bench grinders that I have, they were found on the same day in the same place, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know how epic it is, uh, but they were—they were, that's epic. They were epic. in the same place uh, on the same day, and for a ridiculously low price.
1: But weren't they nuts. weren't they buried in the bush, kind of?
3: Oh yeah, they were buried. Yeah, yeah. It, so actually, it...
1: They were they were in separate
3: buildings too. something you've been searching for for a long time i wouldn't say that uh more so just that it's a you know it's a champion tool and um and i happen to come across two of of you know the same variety of tool just in different sizes sure
1: yeah so the the epicness came from going somewhere to you know make a pick and digging through the 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 brush and seeing these things appear out of the wilderness you know it's it's kind of I think I think that's pretty epic
3: that's incredible i mean we
1: talk a lot about finding stuff in the wild i mean that really is that's it right there
3: and you know the beauty about collecting champion items is you know we're right here this is where they were made so there's tons of them around here now champion distributed their tools across the country of but Obviously, since they were made right here in Lancaster, this is kind of a hotbed for, for champion tools themselves. So yep. the majority of what I have found, I didn't have to drive more than a
0: half hour for. Have you, um, have you discovered on a pick a champion item that you didn't know existed, and that was your first encounter with a new champion piece?
3: On a pick, no. Uh, online, like through eBay, yes. Uh, there was uh, actually it was the the item I finished up before the power hack, so it was a tire shrinker, um, and it's actually interesting because it's not it's not cast into the body anywhere where it says Champion Blower and Forge. It just says Lancaster Shrinker, but it's in their catalogs. Uh, but I found that on eBay, and I didn't know that they made that. And that kind of opened up the world, uh, the wheelwright tools, uh, the world of wheel, wheelwright tools that Champion made to me that I had no idea that they made. And now I have uh, two shrinkers and one bender um, made by Champion.
1: Yeah, so the, the moral of the story is is that if anybody gets an old coach and they needs a new wheel, He's got the forge. He's got the anvil. He's got the shrinker. He's got the bender. He can take care of you. He'll put he'll put the new wheel on there in no time.
0: The real takeaway I took from that was that I can now nickname Evan the Lancaster Shrinker. Oh, <laughs> oh man! That's
2: hard. God, what does that make me. <laughs> this is maybe a silly question, but. So, is there still demand for re- wheelwright work in Lancaster County with the
3: coaches that run that run in that area? Absolutely. No okay. uh, Yeah, there is. Uh, there's there's a lot of blacksmiths uh, in this area because of the uh, the Amish community. Um, sure. Horseshoers, farriers, um, the blacksmiths uh, they do a lot of the the work for the Amish. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some. Uh, Some need for for uh, wheel rights around here I know around the country uh, there's quite a few shops that are like very specific to wheel rights um, more so for the history aspect of it Um, sure I actually (laughs) I have a guy I have another uh, shrinker here it's not a champion shrinker I can't remember the manufacturer right now but I have a guy who's coming from uh, I think it's Michigan He's driving out here from Michigan to buy this shrinker from me. Wow. That's Just cool. because it's going to cost so much, it would have cost a, a fortune to, to ship it out to him. Um, so his, his son lives out uh, north of Pittsburgh. So he was going to come out, visit him and then drive down here, visit the antique shops and then pick up this shrinker for me. So, and he he's a, he's a blacksmith and he has kind of like a historically accurate uh, wheelwright shop. So, kind of cool.
1: Zach, I I have the, uh, I have this one book and I'm, I'm pretty sure you have it as well. I think actually you showed it to me, the, the, uh, all the blacksmiths of Lancaster County. Yeah. And there's like, you know, a thousand plus entries in this little book. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, kind of a,
3: kind of a registry of known blacksmiths in uh, Lancaster County and they're, they're everywhere. And literally that could just be, one guy in his shed who makes a horseshoe for his neighbor uh if he was registered with <laughs> with the county then he's going to be in that book and it's it's a pretty awesome resource for uh for local tools that we find you know i, I find so many tools out there that just have like a name like b Stallsfoos. okay b stalsfus what the heck's that mean who who is this person you know, you can go in that book and find yourself a b stalsfus and say oh okay this guy was A blacksmith between 1870 and 1895 well now you have a date to that item and a location because all the locations are specified within the book that's super
2: cool there's a fair amount of those out there for different types of stuff i have a book similar for pennsylvania rifles old flintlock rifles that has all of the gunsmiths in pennsylvania like around that same period that you can id stuff and that's really neat i mean it's it's very niche for someone to make a book like that but Thank God they made it because it's, it's yeah. what a
3: resource. Absolutely.
0: Zach, um, to wrap up the uh, this interview podcast, um, I, I want to make it a point because I think it's, it's a, a cool opportunity for everybody. <laughs> Hopefully we get a lot more people that, that are interested in doing interviews. Um, but do you have a special restoration story that you want to share with uh, our listeners, and uh, if you could walk us through maybe start to finish on that, what what it was, why it was special to you, did, what purpose did it have, did it have an end goal? Um, just walk us through that process if, if there's one you can think of.
3: Yeah, I, I would actually have to say the uh, the Eureka Champion Eureka Tire Bender would be my kind of special one right now. Pro- I'll probably change that once I finish this power hacksaw, but for now it's the, uh, it's the bender. Uh, the reason being I got it locally at an auction. Um, I was standing around, you know, a bunch of guys, obviously uh, it was a tool auction and I was standing around a bunch of guys and they were talking about the, the stuff that was around us. A couple guys were like, you know, kicking tires at this thing and we're trying to, You know, what is this? I don't know. I don't know what it is. They're trying to figure out what it does, how it works. And as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what it was. Um, So and also I I knew exactly that I needed it. (laughs) uh, Been there. So, you know, uh, bidding resumed. I eventually won the auction for uh, a a very reasonable price. Um, Got it home. Uh started the cleaning it up and stuff, and that's when I came to realize that the original body had pretty much, like, 95% of the uh, original paint, uh, whatever thick-ass paint that they used to use. I don't know what it is, but holy smokes. Uh, so it had all that on it, which was great, uh, and then I, I, as I just continued going through it, the, like the patina uh, the age on this thing that there was very, very little rust. It was so caked in grease and dirt and, and just nastiness that it preserved it, uh, which was great. And, uh, so as a finished product, I cleaned up some of the, some of the surfaces down to bare metal. Like we talked about previously, I, I kind of did a light surface, uh, of grease on that to protect those uh, parts. But overall, it's the best-looking uh, champion tool that I have, I think, and uh, I think that's why it's kind of kind of special to me. Um, it also came uh, mounted to a, a, a wooden base, uh, which I I would highly doubt that this would have this type of tool because the tool I, it weighs about 200 pounds. I don't think it would have uh, originally been on a wooden base like that. But whoever put it on this wooden base did a nice job. Uh, they put a nice chamfer around the edge. Uh, the wood turned out great, and uh, overall, I, I just think it's really amazing. And uh, I think what I'm gonna do, because uh, I I kind of have a trifecta right now of two two uh, tire shrinkers and one bender. What I'm going eventually gonna do is kind of build a platform on some nice big old and uh, antique casters uh, that will display all three of them. But in a way that all three of them could also be used at the same time.
0: That sounds like a great plan. Oh man, oh, man. that yeah, that that's got goosebumps. That sounds so cool. That
2: sounds epic. Yeah, so, amazing.
0: So, so so that's now a permanent uh item in your collection and it's gonna be used. That it can't make me happier. Absolutely. I that's mean I don't
3: have a I don't have a Conestoga wagon, but I can make a tire for one. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, any of you guys got any other questions for Zach? Yeah, I got one.
2: Um, what do you um, – so you have, you, have a, you have a kid, your father. Uh, I am as well. I have two boys, two young boys. How do you think you're going to share this uh, passion with your children as they grow up?
3: Uh, it's already shared. I mean – Uh, Like uh, we were talking earlier about my shop and everything, and it's, you know, a mere six feet from my house. So uh, and a lot of times uh, her her toys sometimes make their way uh, into my shop, her outside toys. So we have to come in here and get them. Uh, But she's she's in here fairly often poking around, looking at stuff, asking what stuff is. Um, I'm always doing projects with her Uh, just the other week. uh, I think it was last weekend we made a birdhouse. so getting her involved with tools is kind of uh, important to me. I'd like her to, to be able to to know what tools are, know how to use them, use them properly and safely. Um, boy, girl, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's plenty of girls out there that, that work with tools, and uh, right. I think she's going to be a, a pretty kick-ass kid when uh, – well, she already is a pretty kick-ass kid, but uh, when she gets older, uh, she's going to be uh, – It'll be a real handful for the boys and uh it'll take a little a little of the heat off of dad so <laughs>
2: excellent that's, great, man. that's awesome that's what it's all about
0: zach you are a absolute stand-up gentleman and we are totally grateful for you coming on to this podcast
1: 100
0: your Absolutely. wisdom your stories and your insight into this world that we all enjoy um where can our listeners find you? Where, where do you typically share? Where do you typically uh, get involved online for other folks to see what you're up to?
3: I'm a hundred percent on Instagram. Uh, I do have Facebook too, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to use Facebook. Uh, everything, everything, everything I post on Instagram automatically gets posted to Facebook. So I really just use Facebook to buy stuff. Um, So if you want to find me, find me on on Instagram at uh, the Tradesman's Corner. And, uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's great. Great talking to to like-minded individuals.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate your time. Super fun. Thank you for uh, letting us figure out how to do interview, podcasts, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on the podcast in the future. Hey, I will come back anytime, guys. We're happy that. to have
2: a Pennsylvania takeover take over anytime James allows it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I mean, it it, it
3: should at least be like a quarterly thing where we have a PA. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. I, yeah, right. I will allow it if the content merits its worth. <laughs>
2: oh my goodness. Spoken like a true manager.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and listener land, once again, we appreciate you taking your time to listen to the restoration podcast again. We thank Zach for taking some time out of his schedule to come talk with us and share his thoughts and share his love for the old iron and restorations. We really appreciate it. Once again, you can find him on Instagram at the tradesman's corner. Please go give him a follow. Check out his posts. They are amazing. And you can find us the restoration podcast on our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast, as well as our Gmail if you need to send us any questions or have any comments, the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And this has been the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today.
0: Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning Good night. in. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening. And thank you, bye. Zach. You yeah, main... bye. 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 You guys. Ow. Ha <laughs> ha Enough iron that he retires at 52 and he gets a long 25 year tenure as the overall shirtless guy just wandering around his property counting his rusty iron, <laughs> <laughs> his wondering where his tractor is that he never bought.
3: <laughs> can, I, can I move in? Can I move in with you, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, hey, listen, don't don't,
2: uh, don't throw me with a good time, all right. <laughs>